Welcome to A Book Binger. I'm Shelby, and I'm a girl who's going to binge books instead of Netflix. Let's get started on this week's book. Hey guys, welcome back to Book Binger. I'm really excited to delve into this week's book. It's titled The Girl Who Drank the Moon by Kelly Barnhill. So I'm going to do this podcast in kind of two parts. The first part, I'm going to do no spoilers for those who really want to read the book and have a surprise. And then I'm going to warn you guys when I'm ready to get into the second part and delve into the book, talk about the characters, talk about what I enjoyed about the book, and we'll go from there. So, The Girl Who Drank the Moon... I'm going to read the summary just that's on the book here. Every year, the people of the Protectorate leave a baby as an offering to the witch who lives in the forest to keep her from terrorizing their town. But the witch, Zan, is really kind and gentle. She shares her home with a wise swamp monster and a perfectly tiny dragon. Zan rescues the children and delivers them to the welcoming families on the other side of the forest. One year, Zan accidentally feeds a baby moonlight, filling the ordinary child with extraordinary magic. Zan decides she must raise this girl, whom she calls Luna, as her own. As Luna's 13th birthday approaches, her magic begins to emerge with unpredictable consequences, just when it's time for Zan to go collect another child. Meanwhile, a young man is determined to free his people by killing the witch and a volcano dormant for centuries, rumbles within the earth. So I stumbled upon this book by my mom. She is amazing. And when I was telling her about this podcast, I asked her what kind of books that she would like to hear and what book she recommended me to read. This book she's actually been talking about for a long time and I couldn't find it in my library. So she sent me her copy, which my aunt gave to her. So it's, you know, been passed down and for a good reason. It's a really great book. And I haven't read a lot of young adult books in years. I'm not entirely sure why because they're great and it's kind of renewed my interest in young adult books again. And so, like I said... I'm going to start by just kind of giving my review of this book, which my review of this book is five out of five stars. Honestly, guys, this book has so much beauty and magic in it. I felt like there was kind of this sleeping beauty element to it. There's this town, the Protectorates, that has a tower And then there's magic going throughout this forest. There's this beautiful witch, Zan. Well, she isn't portrayed as beautiful as like what the world would portray it now. But she's, you know, this old witch who becomes this grandmother to Luna. Which also has that Sleeping Beauty feel because Sleeping Beauty has these fairy godmothers. And Luna grows up with this childhood. She's unaware of magic which Sleeping Beauty is unaware of the magic surrounding her. So it just has those comparisons to me, and I really enjoyed that. And I thought it was such a fun read to have this young adult 
book coming to my hands from my mom. Renew that feel that young adult books have. It was fun. It was uplifting. There was a, some cute humor in here. And there was sarcasm, which was actually really refreshing because it gives that lightheartedness. But then again, you know, there's those characters who have these struggles they have to overcome. They have to find out who they are or find their loved ones and protect them. It was a really cute book. And I think you guys should go read it. It's The Girl Who Drank the Moon. And it's by Kelly Barnhill. It's a New York Times bestseller. And one of the reviews on this book, it says it's impossible to put down. I 100% agree. I read this book in two days. I kind of wanted to start off slow because I wanted to give some more detail in the second part of the podcast that I'm going to do and, you know, talk to you guys about some things in these chapters. And so I was wanting to take my time with it, you know, really soak it in, make sure I had every bit of the story embedded in my brain, which I feel like I do even though I read it in two days because it was that good. It was so cute and I just felt like I was in this world. I felt like I was traveling along with these characters. So please, guys, go read this book. Make sure you go get it. Put it in the comments what you liked about it, which character you felt like you, um, you know, connected with the most. And I want to know what you guys think. Also, there's another one of her books that I'm going to go pick up. It's called The Witch's Boy. This was also a award-winning book of hers. So go pick that out. Tell me what you think. And I know that first part was pretty short, but I'm going to move on to the second part of this podcast now which is that we're going to delve into more of the story. I'm going to talk about certain chapters that stood out to me. I might even read a few um, segments of this book because there are a lot of lines that I really enjoyed. To start off the book, there is this young man. His name is Antine, and he is important because he starts to question things that are going on in the town of Protectorate. The town of Protectorate, they have this day. It's called the Day of Sacrifice. And it happens every year. They pick the youngest baby out of the town and they sacrifice it to the witch. And they just have been doing this for a long time. They know that there's this witch in the forest that is really evil. And if they don't sacrifice their baby, the youngest of the town every year, the witch is going to come in and it's going to destroy this town. So... This group of grand elders, they come to the home, they pick up the child, and it's a very somber event. Nobody is, you know, wailing or screaming, but they just accept it that this has to happen. So the family, they give them this child, the grand elders, they walk it through the forest, and they leave the baby in this kind of grove of trees. And then they go on with their lives. So Antain, he is kind of a grand elder in training and it's his first day of sacrifice, you know, where he's this grand elder and he tags along and he is shocked at what he sees. They come to this home and the mother is just 
wailing and screaming. They can hear it from the outside, which is super abnormal for the town. And Antine kind of just looks around at the other Grand Elders and is like, what is going on? And the Grand Elders are also in shock. So they go inside and they see this mom with her baby. She's wrapped the baby up and is just, you know, holding so tight. But she's also up in the rafters of her roof. And she's screaming and just, you know, saying, you are not going to take my baby. This is not happening at all. Well, eventually they get the baby and they take the woman, the mad woman, to this tower in the middle of the town and they lock her up. They call her a mad woman and that it's just really unfortunate that this is happening. But Antane just has this very sickening feeling going on and he just feels so sad about this poor child that they're leaving in the forest. But again, he just has to do with that. Because the witch is going to come and kill the people of the town if they don't sacrifice this baby. So it kind of moves on then from Antain to Zan. And Zan's story is kind of interesting. We really, it pieces it bit by bit throughout the book. But ultimately, Zan is not this, you know, merciless witch that roams the forest eating these poor little children. She kind of stumbled upon these kids on accident. She noticed that there was these children that were being left in this certain grove of trees every year, the same time every year. So she decided to make a trip of it. And there was another town on the opposite side of the forest, which as they describe in this book is the forest is this massive forest like it encompasses more than half the world so the town of the protectorates there on one side of the world and then the people on the other side of the forest they're called the free cities and it's obviously pretty much like across the world so zan every year she'd pick up these babies and she would take them to the free cities and she would give them to families that would love and care for them and they actually called it Star Day because Zan, she would feed these children the stars. She had this magic where she could reach up into the sky and she could take stars and she would literally feed the children these stars. And they always had this kind of brightness around them. So the people of the free cities, they loved these star children and they would make these cribs that had stars engraved on them and just throw these ceremonies and these star children were very special. They were super bright. They had beautiful auras around them. It was a day of celebration, which Zan just, you know, loved that she was helping these people. She never went to the town of Protectorate because there was always this kind of dark and gloomy feel and she really never needed to. So she had no idea what was really going on. But one year, she stumbles upon this baby that the mad woman was so completely unconsolable about. And there was something more special about this baby. She had this birthmark on her forehead that was the shape of a crescent moon. And Zan just fell in love with her. 
And one night when she was reaching up to feed her the stars, she accidentally grabbed a little bit of moonlight. And it says on the back of the book, the summary, like I mentioned before, that she accidentally feeds the baby moonlight, which is true. She didn't mean to do it. She was just reaching up for some stars, but the moon had come out and it was full and she accidentally grabbed some of it. And it talks about how the moon has more magic than the stars. And so while she was feeding this baby the moon, she was gulping it up. She just devoured the moon and loved it. And it imagicated her, imagicated her is what they say. And Zan kind of, you know, kind of knew what she was doing afterwards. And she decided that she had to take on this baby. So she called herself the grandmother of Luna. And it was super cute because Luna started to call her grandmama. And I love that. I love the name grandmama. It just has this, you know, kind of warm, cozy feeling to it. So Zan became Luna's grandmama. And just right off the bat, this was a cute way to bring in some lightheartedness from the gloomy town of the protectorates that it just describes right off the bat. So um, I, when I first started reading this, I thought how depressing that they have to sacrifice these children and that these mothers just accept it, that they have no control over who gets to keep which child. It's always the youngest. So that sucks that if you were the last one pregnant of the year and, you know, your baby comes last, you just know automatically you are not going to be able to raise that baby. It's going to be killed by some witch, eaten by some terrible thing. And the life goes on. Nobody talks about it ever, ever, ever. But then Zan comes in and she's this hero. She has so much magic. She loves these children. But then again, I, you know, thought about like, well, these kids, they never really get to know who they came from and they never get to know these towns. But again, you need to read the book because later on it talks a lot about that. Um, one of my favorite parts, however, so Luna, she's enmagicated and when she becomes five, her magic starts to leak out, which it describes as leaking out because she starts to do these little things around her home, which her home is in the middle of this forest. Zan, she lives with the swamp monster and his name is Glurk. And there's also this dragon that lives with them, and his name is Fryan, and he is a tiny dragon. He can just pop up on the shoulder of Zan. He can climb into Luna's pocket. He's that small. He's a perfectly tiny dragon, but he doesn't feel like it because his mother was enormous, and he thinks that Glurk, the swamp monster, and Zan are just these giants. He feels like he lives in the land of the giants. And they don't really want to break his heart and tell him that he's this perfectly tiny dragon, which is adorable. So anyway, Luna, when she's tromping around in her swamp home, uh, they live in this like little tree house. And it's really cute because her magic is innocent right now. You know, she doesn't understand what she's doing. 
but she has these little um, puffs of magic that happen. So like when she's walking, flowers will pop up in her step or she'll point out something and be like, oh, look, grandmama, here is a butterfly and she'll turn a leaf into a butterfly. Or she'll say, oh, look, some cake. And the river will turn into this just massive thing of cake and she'll start eating it. And Zan starts to get worried because she's using a lot of magic and she's super powerful with it. But, you know, it can be destructive. You really shouldn't turn this whole river into cake. (laughs) But I thought, how fun is that? I want to be able to just have that innocence of magic and turn something into cute little you know, butterflies or flowers in my step. And there's the other comparison that I thought of this magic that's happening around her, but she doesn't really entirely notice it. Just has that Sleeping Beauty feel to me. I I can't get over it. This reminds me of Sleeping Beauty. So, um, I feel like I'm just telling the story pretty much. And I'm sorry if that's not what you wanted to hear, but... Glurk, he's that swamp monster. He's also this poet. And some of these poems that are in this book are actually really beautiful. And I just wanted to read a few of the ones that Glurk mentions. So one of them says, From grain of sand, births light, births space. Births infinite time, and to grain of sand do all things return. Another one of his says, In every breeze exhales the promise of spring. Each sleeping tree dreams green dreams. The barren mountain wakes in blossom. And the last one I wanted to share with you guys, it says, Patience does not run, nor blow, nor skitter, nor falter. Patience is the swell of the ocean. Patience is the sigh of the mountain. Patience is the sure of the bog. Patience is the chorus of the stars, infinitely singing. I really loved reading these. I I was really big into poetry when I was younger. And I think there's just something powerful in poetry. So I really liked that she brought in this swamp monster who is all knowing and wise and mostly taught in poems because it has that sort of magical feel in it. And the way that Luna learns most of her education is through poetry, you know, but she does also learn a lot of basic skills and things like that. She becomes this very educated girl. And I love that she has these poems throughout. So, I, I keep feeling like I'm just telling you guys the story. So I kind of want to wrap up how I felt about it. I want you guys to go read this book. Ultimately, Luna, she feels like there's something that's missing in her life. And like I mentioned before, Antane, he knows that there's something he can do to change this day of sacrifice. And he falls in love with this girl and they want to have a family. And he does not want to sacrifice his child. I want you guys to go read this. I want you guys to go figure it out. What Luna needs to do to find herself. Does Antane really kill the witch? And 
all these other wonderful characters that are in this book. I want you guys to get to know Glurk. I want you guys to get to know Fryan, the extraordinarily beautiful dragon that he is, and Zan and her wittiness. I want you guys to go read this. I really enjoyed it. I am so thankful that my mom sent it to me. It was a really cute book. So thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast on a book binger about the book, The Girl Who Drank the Moon by Kelly Barnhill. I'm just really grateful that you guys are taking the time to listen to my podcast and hear my thoughts and my recaps of the stories. I really appreciate it. When I started this hobby, I didn't anticipate how many people would reach out to me and tell me good luck and that they're listening. I really love you guys. So I want to make sure that I do this right and really keep you guys interested and enjoying this. So please reach out to me. Um, I want to know what you guys want to hear next. I want you guys to even tell me the books you're reading so I can read them and we can both come on this podcast. Which brings me to the exciting news that I will have my first guest speaker just in a couple weeks. Her name is Jamie and she is one of my closest friends and she recommended The Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Manscala. So we're going to be reading this book and we will be discussing it together on this podcast in just a few weeks. So please, guys, stay tuned for that. And thank you so much for listening. Till next week. Mm-hmm.